it's a really weird song. It's really intriguing, you know. Um, it's very dark, you know, dark subject matter is something that is not unusual to Kate. Um, yeah, not at all. <laughs> um, but something, it, it's really scary. And like, especially the lyrics, like think of my mother cry for my brothers. Like you can tell that she was sort of writing it in her perspective of herself. And I think that subject matter is really interesting and scary, but also the the melody is really great. There's something about it that it just captures me. Those those intro chords are really sad but really great. To Strange Phenomena, the music of Kate Bush. I am Cecily Link, and this week we're going to be talking about the Kate Bush unreleased song, Kidnapped on a Building Site. Uh, I'm Danny, Danny Yamas. Um, I work currently at Mute Records. Um, I'm a huge music fan, I guess you can tell. Um, <laughs> I've been into Kate Bush since about 2010, 2011. I um, was in high school at the time and, you know, just became instantly obsessed. Yeah, I just, you know, I spend my days reading about Kate. I listen to her albums over and over again. I'm just a huge fan. I also make music myself as Laundry League. So she's clearly a very big inspiration on me for making music and working in music and everything. So yeah, that's that's it for me. Cool. <laughs> Sorry if that was long-winded. <laughs> no, not at all. That's where we like to have people like, because I'm always curious like how people have heard of Kate Bush and what else you do and since yeah I've listened to your music and so you definitely like you. plug your stuff at the end of the show so <laughs> well I didn't I didn't come on to plug my stuff oh, I, I swear I'm a huge Kate fan <laughs> <laughs> I know but yeah but also like if, if we get people who who do other stuff too like hey you know shout out about your stuff yeah man. yeah for sure I, I'd be happy to So you say you first heard of her about so 2010, so about eight years ago. So that, how, wow, <laughs> I know it, it seems like so long ago that I'm like, oh my god, really? So how did you come across Kate Bush? 
basically, I got really into this band called Lush, and Emma Anderson, who is one of the main songwriters and the lead guitarist, she had mentioned several times that Kate Bush was a big influence on her, and particularly Lionheart, which I think is important mm. to note because it's such such an underrated album, and I mean, obviously, it's one of my favorites. I had heard about Kate sort of through another band, and I was like, you know, I keep hearing this name, I'm going to... Google her or whatever. And I came across Wuthering Heights on YouTube. And like, I think the initial reaction by a lot of people is to laugh or to be shocked. And I certainly, yeah, <laughs> I certainly was a little bit confused. You know, Wuthering Heights is certainly a catchy song. And I was like, the song is catchy, but the voice is a little grating. And it was the white dress version, which mm -hmm. I still prefer. I think that that video is just amazing. So 70s. I kind of left it alone and I was like, eh, whatever, not for me. And like two weeks later, I could hear it like in the back of my mind, like the chorus to Wuthering Heights kind of going over and over again. I was like, okay, clearly this is stuck in my head. I should listen to it again. And I was like, it's weird, but you know what? I like it. And that was kind of like my, my mantra in the beginning because I was uh, embarrassed or something like that Kate Bush was weird or cheesy or something. But yeah. I was like, you know, it's weird, but I like it. It's weird, but I like it. And then eventually I kind of just was like, no, there's obviously something in her music that is clearly resonating with me. I don't think I should be ashamed to like something that I like. And, you know, it started with Wuthering Heights and then went to Babushka and Running Up That Hill, you know, sort of the, the singles, mm -hmm. right? And I think my first Kate Bush album was Never Forever that I bought. And then Director's Cut came out really close to when I discovered her. Clearly, you know, she hadn't released anything since Ariel. It was very exciting to be a Kate Bush fan when, when she released something again. So I got really into director's cut and that helped me that helped ease me into you know her later stuff. I really I really like director's cut. Some of the songs are a little bit I don't know questionable I think the production, but I do like it overall and mm. I'm probably biased because because it w it came out around the time that I really got into her. So deeper understanding like I listen to that the director's cut version a lot. And my art teacher, my sophomore year of high school, was also into Kate Bush. So I mentioned it to him and he gave me a burn CD of like random songs by her. And it included like, you know, her her hits, her singles, but it also included um, Constellation of the Heart, hmm. which I really liked and I still really like. I really like the Red Shoes as well. And, <laughs> you know. And director's cut. So, <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah, so that was like a really exciting time. And I, I even wrote like a college essay about it because I had just broken up with my first boyfriend. He kind of laughed at all the music I liked anyway. And it was, yeah, I know it was not stupid. a keeper. Mm -mm. No, 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 no. It was a it was a mistake. <laughs> I got into her after I had broken up with him and I felt really empowered and like, 
I remember sitting on the floor of my sister's apartment listening to Cloud Busting and like crying mm. because it was so moving. You know, obviously I don't resonate with the story of Cloud Busting as much, but mm-hmm. you know, I know that something good is gonna happen. Like that lyric is something that I think about a lot and I think at the time was something I, I needed to hear. So mm-hmm. yeah, and then, you know, I've since listened to her on and off and kind of gone through these waves and recently I've gone through another big life change and I found myself coming back to her music. So it's really interesting to see how her music has been there when I needed it, you know, and it, it's really empowering and it, it really helps. Yeah, that, that kind of catches up to modern day, I guess, from 2011. <laughs> but yeah, I basically got into Kate Bush through another band and, you know, it really clicked with me after a while and mm. really inspired me to, to make music even more so than I had already been inspired. So it was great. It's great now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, she's inspired me a lot as well. I mean, because, well, you, you and I have talked since you do music, and so I'd mentioned to you that I do music too. And Yes, yeah. yeah. She inspires me to do my own thing and to not worry as much about what other people think. Just keep doing your thing. And if people think you're weird, whatever. Like There are going to be people that that resonate with your music and like your music either way. So just do it. Do what you want, you know? Exactly. So why Kidnapped on a Building Site? So what is it about the song? Because I have my thoughts on the song. But you said this was one of your favorites. So why is this one of your favorites? It's a really weird song it's really intriguing you know um it's very dark you know dark subject matter is something that is not unusual to kate (laughs) yeah not at all (laughs) um but something it's really scary and like especially the lyrics like think of my mother cry for my brothers like you can tell that she was sort of writing it in her perspective of herself and I think that subject matter is really interesting and scary, but also the the melody is really great. There's something about it that it just captures me. Those those intro chords are really sad, but really great. I don't know. And I think the song structure is really interesting. No one has confirmed really when the demo was from, but it does sort of sound like could be from around Lionheart, around Never Forever. I don't think past, I don't think past never forever because there was a huge shift, um, obviously in the music that she was making. So, but I like those three albums for me, Lionheart, never forever, the dreaming are, have been really important for me. And I think I just really like that sort of era, um, especially between Lionheart and never forever. And I think that the demo is very much in that style um, mm. that she was writing it's just it's sort of an odd an odd tune <laughs> it really is and and I totally see what you mean about it being dark subject matter because like what I could discern of the lyrics it sounds like somebody like it's kind of has this feel of somebody 
being tied up to a chair. They don't know where they are. Maybe they got punched in the head or somebody put a, a, a tissue of some sort of gas to make them sleep and they've woken up in this place. They have no idea where they are and they're trying to get out. Yeah, it's really scary. You know, I've been shouting for hours. You know, I'm banging on the ceiling. My body is bleeding. Like, mm -hmm. it's really scary. And I think to put yourself in that position, like imagining being kidnapped and like being stuck somewhere where you don't know and being scared of whether or not you'll die is really frightening. And I think that she does that. She writes it well, you know, um, as she yeah. does with a lot of her her darker songs. <laughs> and yet it sounds really kind of happy. A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. It's just like, cause she's still kind of singing in that high voice. Yeah. I was trying to look up info about this song as well. Like when was this recorded or even how it leaked? Cause it's not even something that she, she completely finished. It's more of like, okay, I'm going to sit here at the piano in the studio and record this thing and we'll see if we do anything with it. Yeah. And that's well, like any knows of it. Most Kate Bush demos past the beginning, you know, pre-career ones, it's really intriguing how they leaked because, you know, she, I know that she worked in a kind of home studio when she lived in that apartment that she lived in during Never Forever and the Dreaming. So it was mm -hmm. clearly a personal demo you know, who else would have this? Who would put it on the internet? And the fact that there is so little information compared to, you know, the Phoenix demos or the ones in Air Studios mm -hmm. that are clearly from a certain era or, you know, demos of the dreaming that you can tell that they turn into these songs. This is just sort of a weird anomaly. <laughs> mm -hmm. Really, it is. Yeah, and it's amazing. And honestly, like, you can really only kind of get out of the lyrics what you can because there are parts where she it's kind of muffled. Maybe it's, maybe she was a little uncertain what word was supposed to be sung there or something yeah. like that. You get the yeah. sense that this was just recorded. Like, her, like, she's got a rough idea for a song. She's going to record it to get a decent sounding version and not just hold up a tape recorder. <laughs> Or something like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just a very bare bones piano demo. Her singing with the piano with some backing vocals, mm -hmm. which is interesting that there there were overdubs, but clearly clearly not the dreaming because of the lack of the drum machine and because of the style. So I think it was definitely before Never Forever. Mm -hmm. probably around that time maybe even after but not very long after if that makes sense
because there's a quality in her voice that's similar to the babushka demos, mm-hmm. which seem to have been recorded in like late 79, probably, probably after the tour. Yes. And she kind of decompressed like, okay, I'm done doing the promotion thing, trying, done being the little celebrity girl. I got to hold up for a few months and write some new stuff. And this probably came I'm guessing this probably came out of that batch because it's still that kind of girlish voice that she had in her early years that I really like because it's just so pretty and very distinctive not that that she wasn't distinctive later but this I I like it when she's saying hi that's just me she could be rapping and I'd be fine with I, I love her high distinctive voice because it is very, you know, distinctive, um, but mm-hmm. it, it's, it's very ethereal and has a very stark quality to it that you don't really hear. You know, it's, it's hard to replicate mm-hmm. the specific quality to that, that voice. But I also really like when she sings lower because it's still, it's still Kate. I'm not really explaining this well. I'm just saying <laughs> I I really like how she sings either way. I think mm-hmm. my favorite sort of era is probably in terms of singing like definitely never forever the dreaming because she still has that high quality but she's experimenting a little bit even in never forever, you know, she's screaming a bit more. She you mm-hmm. know in violin, she's like actually really getting out there and um I think it's really interesting when she stretches her voice to her limits, whether mm-hmm. it be high or low, you know. Very much. Yeah. Or like the long, long note that she does at the end of Blow Away. Yeah. That the, the, the kind of high belt that she does. I think it's a high E flat and she just like, she just lets it out and it's just like, woo, where'd that come from, man? Uh, it gives me goosebumps. It's such a good good notes you know Mm -hmm. she just hits it so clearly and like with the backing vocals kind of going over it and like so beautiful I love that song (laughs) (laughs) yeah and I like in in this song she yeah she does a lot of high notes like I like it when when she does you know this is an unknown address in a rescue I think it's rescued party it's in a rescue party she does this little yelpy thing Oh, mm-hmm. she does so many of those in her early stuff, and I like that. It's like, oh, she's a little yeah. yelping. Bang! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and wow, you know. You know, that mm. sort of really high, which is, yeah, very distinctive in her early stuff. Um, but she also has that low voice. You know, like, this is an unknown address. Like, she's really having that drama where she's, like, pushing the limits, you know? Because she also has that... In the, like, refrain that's really high. That kind of reminds me of um, the backing vocals that she does sort of in um, Full House that are really high. You know, and, like, all we ever look for. So I think... Yeah, yeah, incredibly high. (laughs) So I think she definitely has that sort of low but really high. And I, I like the fact that she has that full range. Um, but but yeah, you can definitely tell that it's a little earlier because it is generally just higher mm. pitch, I think. Yeah. 
yeah, really, really interesting, you know. And even for a scrapped demo, like the vocal delivery is ever interesting. Mm. <laughs> It's indeed a, it's an odd little song, but odd, not an, oh my God, it's weird. It's just, it's Kate. It's a Kate kind of song. Yeah. Yeah. You can, you can hear the gears turning a little bit, so to say, <laughs> you know? Um, and I think it's just, if it had lyrics sort of like, you know, a love song, you know, something pointing more towards her earlier stuff, like passing through air, that is kind of like a nice, sweet love song, it would be like, okay, you know, that makes sense. But mm -hmm. the fact that it's so dark and scary um, and just complex and interesting, like the call and response, like mm -hmm. scissors on a table too far away. Am I ready? Am I able? We couldn't say. Like, that kind of like evil voice lurking. It's interesting mm -hmm. to see how she embodies these two characters um, kind of talking to each other. Yeah, I feel like that, like that, the high part with the scissors on the table is like her like looking around to see what's there, and then the too far away. It's like her thoughts. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> or the person who kidnapped her. Mm, very true. Which I I kind of always thought of thought of it as that, like someone lurking in the corner, like watching her struggle. Like, ha, no way, you know, mm -hmm. not gonna happen. Yeah. I mean, and yeah. it sounds like too, like this is. Like they're in, they're in a war-torn area. Like I can, and I right. can hear engines in the distance and I know that we're in tough land. Yeah, so, whatever she says there. I when I heard it like yeah. again for this podcast, I thought she said Dublin. I'm like, <laughs> is Dublin that tough? Uh, <laughs> I mean, I know there are probably no, some I, bad areas of the city, but that's bad areas anywhere. Uh, yeah, I, I, I've heard Dublin is pretty nice actually. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think she's probably saying tough land. Who knows? Yeah, she certainly won't tell us. <laughs> I mean, yeah, she's never said anything about this song. She's like, fuck you. I don't know what this is. Ah, the existence of this song. What, huh? <laughs> yeah, she's she's pretty self-critical, you know. Um, I think in some ways, at least. Like, she's very private and self-critical like any artist would be. Mm -hmm. You know, like, in interviews, she says, it's hard for me to listen to my own voice. Or in the early this earlier interview where they play a snippet of... Um, the song maybe oh, which mm -hmm. and she's like I can't listen to it I can't listen to it you know like I'm sure even if someone asked her about it she'd be like ah no I don't want to talk about this mm -hmm. because it wasn't supposed to be heard by us we are just very lucky 
um, that someone decided to rip it and put it on the internet. <laughs> yeah, especially this, like, I want to know who leaked this. How did it come out or what? It just kind of like, poof, appeared. Right. And like, on YouTube, kind of like, you know, you might be able to find a link somewhere on a, a Kate Bush fan site. But I, I do wonder about the origins. Like, where did this first appear? When did people start listening to this first? To kind of, you know, follow a paper trail in a way. But I don't think that would last very long. Yeah. I can't imagine. Yeah, I can't imagine that person would want to out themselves either. Might get in trouble. <laughs> Maybe it's the same person who leaked the original demo that she sent to Prince for Why Should I Love You? You know, that's very possible. Could be an engineer, someone that she was working with that she was like, you know, what could we do with this demo? Mm -hmm. And they just decided to put it on the internet. I do know the Prince one was leaked because there was a little bit of liaising between this engineer because, you know, working with Prince. So but it is interesting because this isn't a collaboration and it's mm -mm. fairly early. So someone who engineered Never Forever or maybe it was John Kelly who co-produced. Who knows? Mm -hmm. We will <laughs> never know. Speculation. It's all, all speculation. And in a way, like looking over these lyrics with the, somebody trying to escape almost makes me think that maybe she maybe Kate wrote this as like hey I'm trying to is trying to do more of my own thing and like escape from this image everybody has of me like oh the twee weathering heights girl and I'm trying yeah. to get I'm trying to get away from that maybe she was feeling because since Kate does have a tendency to and I, which I think is awesome to take like an idea or a feeling that she has and embody it through a character. Yeah, for sure. I mean, she does that so well. She tells, mm -hmm. she's very good at storytelling, which yeah. is why this song is so enrapturing is because, you know, it, it has elements to it. That's like, it keeps you on the edge of your seat in a way, like mm -hmm. kind of going through the motions. Like, I don't remember how I got here. I'm going to try and reach for the scissors. Uh, I'm trying to get away. And then like, she kind of goes into the refrain with like the main, those like beginning chords, you know, it very, it very much follows that kind of storyline a little bit like babushka mm -hmm. where it has a very clear beginning, middle end sort of way. So yeah, I, I don't know. And, you know, it's very possible also that she just literally wanted to write about a scary kidnapping. Mm -hmm. Could be. <laughs> you know. I mean, Get Out of My House was inspired by The Shining. She likes horror yeah. movies. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. I remember reading an interview because I, I'm writing um, kind of an in-depth look uh, uh, into the dreaming and there was an Ooh. interview where someone was asking about there goes a tenor and they're like, you know, does this represent you trying to get away with something? And she's like, no, I just wanted to write about a robbery going wrong. Yeah, <laughs> so, I've read that that interview, too. And I'm just like, dude, I know I read into stuff, but really? I know. Yeah. Like, so that's the thing is that she's she's so interested in telling these stories and she's so good at embodying these characters, mm -hmm. even multiple voices in one song. And I think that this definitely um, has like 
the beginnings, like the inkling of how she kind of personifies herself on the dreaming, having all these different voices manipulated in different ways. And like, mm -hmm. she always kind of had that. It just, you can tell because it's like the rising action from never forever, you know, she starts to get into that more. I think that's really, really cool. Mm -hmm. And it's just a technique that honestly, not a lot of uh, artists really do. And admittedly, it is a tricky thing to write a song that has multiple, um, multiple voices. Like, how do yes. you do that without making it into a duet? Well, right. Kate does it. Yeah. Yeah. And she's so good at doing all these different voices. You know, it's, it's awesome, you know? Indeed. say about this little song i mean there's honestly not a whole lot about it <laughs> i think yeah i think what we've been talking about is the fact that there's not a lot about it yeah we're, we're squeezing just, like a 30 minute episode out of like a two minute song <laughs> <laughs> well hey kate's just that good you know that she is um <laughs> but that's the thing is that it, that's what's so interesting about it there are not many mysteries with Kate you know like this in this way I should say you know um having these like straggler songs that you don't really know where they came from and what they're about because she has such a very such a restrained image that, not restrained she has a very tightly controlled image that she mm -hmm. has maintained for such a long time that when these things do appear it's it's a pretty big deal because we get more of an insight. I know that oh, I like okay. to look behind the scenes with songs mm -hmm. and like listen to demos and listen how things are different and kind of flesh themselves out and having an insight into Kate's process, even if it's for a song that we've never heard before, which is another plus is, um, is pretty freaking cool. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, just because of how private she is and how, how tightly controlled that her image and her process was for such a long time. Mm -hmm. Now I'm with you. I'm, I mean, part of why I want to do this podcast is like, look at like going in depth with each song and finding little demos. And certainly with my other favorite artists, if, if a demo of a song leaks to YouTube, you better believe I'm like getting on there. Like, yep, I need to add this to my collection. Cause I love hearing how songs evolve. You know, I oh, like definitely. knowing that songs didn't just come out of the either. Like there was work. It started here. And then, well, you can imagine like between this demo version and the, the finished version from the album that we changed a couple things. Like with Babushka, like she tweaked a couple of lines or she tweaked a little bit of her background vocals or something. And yeah, right. Like the lyrics always change and obviously the production is tends to be very different mm -hmm. um, because, you know, going from a home studio to a bona fide recording studio, it changes and hearing how the arrangements kind of flesh out, um, get fleshed out rather. Um, <laughs> uh, it's super interesting. And yeah, this, this song sort of stands on its own because 
this is the only version that exists and probably has ever existed. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. Maybe there was a studio version. I doubt it, but (laughs) who knows? (laughs) It might turn up one day. Maybe it Um, will. It'll turn up with the title track to Never Forever that was recorded and never released. (laughs) Yeah. So many songs out there that we'll never hear. It's pretty ridiculous. Indeed. It's, it's, it's interesting to think about because, you know, it's like maybe there, I'll have a new favorite Kate Bush song that, you know, maybe my new favorite Kate Bush song is a demo that we've never heard before. It's mm-hmm. crazy. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's wild. It's just something I can think about for days, like all this unreleased music. So that's why this glimpse, you know, kind of peeking behind the curtain is so important, I think. And uh, you, uh, you uh, actually sampled the opening. Speaking of the, the, the piano chords, you actually sampled the, the piano chords for one of your songs. I did, yes. This was back in high school, 2012. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I sampled it because those chords, those, those chords are my favorite part of the song because they're just so striking and they really set the mood. It's just... And they're so beautiful together, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt a little bit more, for some reason, felt a little bit more comfortable sampling something that wasn't officially released, you know, um, just in case I got caught. <laughs> mm-hmm. But also because those chords are really easy to build upon because they're so stark, you know. So it, it made for an easy bass because there is no drum in the background. There's no vocals. Um, yeah. And because they're so beautiful, of course, the song that I, I sampled did not do any justice. <laughs> it doesn't compare <laughs> to Kate in any way. I still think the original is much better. But I'm, I definitely took a lot of inspiration from that, you know, directly with sampling and indirectly just through her inspiring me to write music. And speaking of music, here is now a clip of the very song that we have been talking about, which Danny sampled the opening chords for Kidnapped on a Building Site. This is her song, Harrow Step, and it is available on her album, Growing Up, which you can get on her Bandcamp page, Danny, that's D-A-N-I, laundry.bandcamp.com slash track slash Harrow Step. I'm also going to include a link to this in our show notes so you can click on it directly. But here's a clip of Harrow Step, which samples the opening chords of Kidnapped on a Building Site. Enjoy!
Well, thank you so much for being on the show today and, and talking about this obscure little gem. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much for having me. I'm always happy to talk about Kate. Indeed. And now where can people <laughs> where can people find you on Twitter and all that other stuff if they agree with what you have to say? <laughs> um, well, my Twitter is Danny, D-A-N-I, laundry, like dirty laundry. <laughs> and that's also my handle on Instagram if you want to see pictures I post. But my Twitter is definitely a little bit more interesting. <laughs> cool. And I can attest to that, listeners. She's got a cool stream. I follow it, of course. <laughs> thank you <laughs> thanks a lot yep, thank you so course. much for having me of course anytime If you have a favorite Kate Bush song or several songs that you would love to talk about for future episodes, or if you know something about this week's song that we didn't get to, here's where you can contact me. You can contact me through my website, kbcast.linkmedia.com. That's link with an E. You can email me, kbcast at linkmedia.com. Again, link with an E. You can find me on Twitter at StrangeKateCast and also on Facebook, facebook.com slash katebushpodcast. Join us for the collaborations section of the season. We're getting almost to the end of this third season. Can't believe it. And for the next couple weeks, we're going to be talking about the various songs that Kate Bush sang with Peter Gabriel on for his third album, Melt, which came out around the same time as Never Forever. And next week's song, we're starting with I Don't Remember. And you'll get to hear for the next few weeks from my husband, who is the resident Peter Gabriel fan. See everybody next week. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.